sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, October 1st. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and of course, as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. We also try to put the fun in functional sports content. And Kev, I can only imagine how much glow you had at around 11, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time, because on one screen, you probably we had the Los Angeles Lakers pulling away from the Miami Heat, and we will talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But I gotta think on another screen, you had DJ LeMayhew breaking a tie game with a single in the ninth as the Yankees in a back and forth affair that had rain delays, that had grand slams, that had, you know, extra base hits going back and forth. The New York Yankees end the season of the Cleveland Indians in progressive field by sweeping them in this best of three, getting game two, 10 to nine. The Yankees are moving on, Kev. You know, Dane, it's it's really amazing because I, I don't know how the Yankees are going to score on this Cleveland team. I don't know how. Right, Shane Bieber. I mean, Triple Crown. I don't know how they'll score on Carlos Carrasco either. Oh wait, evidently the answer today, the same as yesterday, the same as the day before, early and often. I mean, come on now. Carrasco only goes three deep, four earned. The Yankees lineup right now. I mean, this is what we were waiting on. We were waiting on this team to be healthy. They go, they go to Cleveland for two games and score twenty-two runs. Twenty-two runs. Yeah. I mean, that is spectacular. Clutch hitting, timely hitting throughout this lineup. Whether it be the Gio Urshela Grand Slam, whether it be my guy who's now healthy and performing, John Carlos Stanton, yeah, Gary Sanchez. With a sack fly and a home run that <laughs> into the like jet stream, pop out and yeah, just land <laughs> into in the, the right jet spot. I thought it was Yankee Stadium for a second, you know, Kev. <laughs> that actually got out. A <laughs> little bit of home cooking. I mean, I guess DJ LeMay, who you knew he was due. What was he going to go over for five? Absolutely not. That's a base knock. Ten nine gets the job done. Bullpen did enough. Tanaka was shaky to start the game, but. Settled himself in very, very nicely. And I thought overall it was a good enough performance from him. Listen, yeah, absolutely. You know, at the you end of the, the day, lineup. I just want to say, you know, you're going to look at all these teams that will advance, right? And if you rank them in order of how impressed you were, right, I think it's going to be hard to argue against the Yankees being the most impressive team in the two-game set because their offense was undeniably tasked with the hardest pitchers to face, and they proceeded to score 12 and 10 runs in the two baseball games and sweep a team on the road. 
Yep, that is true. And now the Yankees move on into their bubble in San Diego where they will await the Tampa Bay Rays because they got the job done as well. But you mentioned this Yankees lineup. Literally, Kev, 7, 8, and 9 in this lineup. Yesterday was Glaber Torres, Brett Gardner, and Gary Sanchez. Okay, uh, Glaber Torres, as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, including the mightier 1090. Thanks for getting on the grid with us bright and early in the morning, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. You know, I mean, Glaber Torres, who was an MVP candidate at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, Gary Sanchez, who's in home run derbies, albeit, you know, hitting below the Mendoza line. So this lineup really does not offer any kind of let up and i mentioned that they do get the job done they do move on after sweeping cleveland they will go into a bubble in san diego and waiting for them kev will be the one seed the tampa bay rays you mentioned you know who was more impressive the rays were impressive as well although a different level of competition and they were at home hunter renfro with a grand slam in this one they get the job done they win eight two they dispatch of the blue jays who were young and maybe happy to be there brighter things on the horizon for the blue jays for sure but for now we talk about the tampa bay rays who also move on who also sweep and now it's going to be rays yankees in the next round in san diego Uh, and look you give the rays their credit they were able to capitalize in spots that the blue jays were not in game number one many people felt like the blue jays cost themselves a number of good opportunities well that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they were able to get to the right spot uh, and get the job done. And then a costly error by Bo Bichette ends up resulting in a Hunter Renfro Grand Slam. I mean, this is a game where the Rays put eight up on the board, but you look at the Blue Jays pitching staff only credited with four of those runs. And only two yeah. of the pitchers they tossed out there, right, within the first few innings, first three innings, were ended up being responsible for those runs. I mean, the Rays didn't score after the third inning. So those are the kind of mistakes that, as you mentioned, a young team like the Toronto Blue Jays make. And, and the Rays, a you know, it's so cliche, but like a professional baseball team, they're going to make mm. you pay for. And now we go into a matchup where the Rays own the season series. The questions around the Yankees' health going into a lot of those games is, more than warranted, especially the form that they enter the series in. And also, no fans, so one versus five, but neutral side through and through. Yeah, and the Rays will see another divisional opponent like Toronto, so that familiarity is there. The Yankees get it now a team where they do know as opposed to Cleveland. When we come back, Kev, I got to ask you, is somehow playoff streaks that go across decades for real? We'll talk about that when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're watching SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Welcome back, everybody. It's the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. Dane and Kevin, bright and early on a Thursday morning. Kevin, it's October. 
It's October, so it makes sense that we're talking about the Major League Baseball playoffs. I hope you have a pumpkin spice coffee or whatever the case may be because it is certainly turning to fall. You know, Kev, in, in what you mentioned about the Rays Blue Jays, you use the term professional baseball team, right? Like that good old saying. So I want to ask you, like, are the Minnesota Twins not a professional baseball team? You know, because now they have lost eight. Teen playoff games in a row. And, you know, when we were talking about this series, right, earlier in the week before it started, I really didn't have deep X's and O's on it. But my lean on this series, right, was the Houston Astros. I was like, I just don't trust Minnesota. And I just believe these kind of veterans, guys with the experience and have been there before, will get the job done for the Houston Astros. And that's, you know, on some level, that is what's happened, right? The Astros go ahead and win 3-1. to one. Game 2, they get it done. Carlos Correa with a two-out, tie-breaking home run in the seventh inning. The Twins, you know, whether it's errors, uh, whether it's Sergio Romo in game one, whether it's them not getting the job done here, they have now lost 18 in a row on the playoffs. And then, you know, Correa, we were talking about it after the game, is like, hey, how you like us now? They somehow, some way, because of the way Major League Baseball, you know, pissed this away, somehow the Houston Astros are entering this with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, I mean, the Astros can kick rocks. Like, no one likes that team. Um, but... But before we get to the twin side of this, because this is the more interesting side, give Dusty Baker worlds of credit. The the way hmm. he approached both of these games. The starting pitchers? Like, he's like, what's the point of me worrying about game three if I can win it in two? And we saw that pay off in game number one, going for Granky and five for Valdez. We saw here in game number two, goes to Christian Javier for three full innings after he got some good work out of Urquidy. Rayleigh pitched uh, and got two outs, but still then turned the ball over to Christian Javier. I mean, had the Twins been able to find anything uh, against this Astros bullpen, I mean, again, he, he went to his starters, really. Um, right. Had they been able to find anything, I mean, they would have needed like seven, eight innings out of McCullers in game number three. But they didn't because he went to the right guys. So a big-time credit to Dusty Baker. He did a good job. The Astros, they got the hits when, you know, those opportunities came around. But look, on the twin side of this, Dane, you know, I know your your belief was this team is not built for postseason baseball. Yep. And certainly them scoring one run and one run in their two games doesn't um, – kind of stare in the face of that comment and, and make it seem wrong. But right. there's more at play here, man. I mean, there just is. Like, this team was 36-24, and 24, very, very good at home. They played the team with the worst record in the American League to make the playoffs. Like, that's what it is. Like, they didn't see a Verlander, right? Like, this isn't a, a hot Jose Altuve. This is not the same Astros team. It's just not. And it was an Astros team that's 29-31 and 31 record was because they were garbage on the road. Just awful all year long. I don't even think they won double-digit road games. And the Twins get to the postseason, and look, was their pitching terrible? No, far from it. They gave up three runs today. They were only credited for one earned run, I believe, in game number one. Like, the hitting completely vanishes, and... I can't help but look at this where I do think this 
organization, this lineup is almost now carrying the burden that is this postseason streak. You can see it in these Marwin Gonzalez at bats where he, you know, he looks like me stressed out during a Madden game. Like, oh my God, I can't believe that the computer just let me throw this interception. It's like, Marwin, you Hmm. control this, pal. Like, swing the bat. And I don't look at this as a poorly constructed roster. I don't think I know enough about hmm. Rocco Baldelli to say that he's a Mike Budenholzer type of coach who can get it done in the regular season, in the postseason, it all crumbles. It really seems like an organization that is just carrying the burden of a 17th and now an 18th consecutive postseason loss, despite the fact that none of these guys were on the team in 09. No, I hear you. How many were even there in 2017, let alone you know, 2019? No, I hear you, but I, the one thing I will push back on is, no, I, I I did say that I think this team is built for the regular season and for a reason and for part of the reason that you brought up, okay? You said, you know, the one the one run, the one run, you said is this lineup constructed uh, to be able to hit in the postseason, and that's what I think is the difference in the postseason. We talked about this. Hey, everybody's got better pitching, right? And so in the postseason, I don't think you can rely on the three true outcomes, on being a power home run only kind of late in team this happened last year as well the 2019 version of the twins kev led the america led the major leagues in home runs set a new record right but i do believe that style of play is much harder to be successful with when you're going up against uh better pitching and um, it's kind of all or nothing. That's not sustainable. It's almost like the Houston Rockets in the NBA. Can it beat you, a, a good team, on a Wednesday night? Is it live? Yeah, it's possible. In the same way that Miguel Sano may hit a three-run home run in a playoff game, but it becomes a little bit harder, and that's why I believe and have always said this team is constructed more for the regular season. They'll hit those six home runs. They'll score 11 runs on a random team's third starter on a Tuesday. That's not what they're seeing in high-intensity, high-leverage, high-pressure situations in the playoffs. And I do believe that is a bit of a difference. But let's keep it moving here, Kev. The Houston Astros move on, and they don't know who they are going to face just yet. Because, you know, the Oakland A's were the one team that was able to kind of bounce back and not have it be a sweep, right? We've got three teams that are done and ready and waiting in the American League. The fourth, we've got, you know, I always say game seven is the best two words in sports. Well, we've got a game three uh, today with the Oakland A's and the Chicago White Sox. The pitching matchup has not necessarily been announced for game three, but it was Marcus Simeon and Chris Davis that go yard for Oakland to force a game three. The A's get it done in a must-win spot. They beat Chicago 5-3 yesterday. They do, but now it's all about today's game, and we don't have lines because we don't have pitchers yet, and I do not know what in the world the A's plan on doing, because you tell me, Dane, Frankie Montas and his 5 ERA taking the bump after throwing on Sunday, 100-plus pitches, kind of short rest. Don't love that. Sean Manaya, you would think, would be the answer, but this team's 15-0 against left-handed pitching. Kind of seems like you might be ignoring the obvious. Well, now Mike Fires has the ball. Goodness gracious, Mike Fires has the ball with your season on the line? I mean, that is really not how this was supposed to go. You know, for the White Sox... 
they're going to be able to throw Dan Dunning, who was good for them to close out this regular season. I don't look at this A's team right now. Again, we'll see where they go, but none of the options are really great. I think that's true, right? You mentioned Montas, though, and you said he got to start on Sunday, right? So his Mm -hmm. normal next turn up would be Friday, okay? This would be technically a day of short rest. However, in the playoffs, especially in a winner-take-all, and we've seen this with the Houston Astros, right? Their starters going up four innings. I think, you know, it could be part of the plan to maybe have a Montas start but only go one time through the lineup, then get to a a Fires or a Manaya. I think it's going to be opener-esque, and you may not even call it that, Kevin, But you have to acknowledge on some level, everyone is available, right? So I think the fact that maybe Montas is on a short rest, I don't think it matters because he ain't going seven for me anyway. He's going until Chicago scores a run, and then I'm going to pivot with a short hook. Um, That's the way I might see it. So all those guys are live. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I get it, but you also might see runs immediately. It's not like Frankie Montas has been that great anyway on the season, so, and I mean, look, it's not that it's just short rest, but he threw a hundred plus pitches in that outing. Like I'm just, my, my point is these are not great options. And the answer, by the way, should be Manaya, but how yeah, but much that lefty you thing, sit right? there and go with the lefties and, and say, all right, we just right. can't throw them. Uh, it'll be very interesting if we get any announcements throughout the show here on the early line we will let you know okay when we come back we got to look at the national league that started their playoffs uh yesterday we see one mvp candidate getting it done and one mvp candidate defecating the mattress we'll talk about it when we come back but now it's the sports grid news update SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on the grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. We also welcome back our radio audience from around the country, including the West Coast. Thanks for waking up early with us. If you're down there in San Diego and got a balcony that can look in, I want to be a part of it and see some Yankees Rays next week. But now, Kev, we turn our attention to the National League. They got going yesterday, right? Game ones. And the first game out of the game, I thought was awesome. Kev, we talked about this pitching matchup, the Trevor Bauer and Max Fried, and boy, did they both deliver. We were scoreless through nine. We were scoreless through 10, through 11, through 12. And finally, Freddie Freeman with a game-winning hit in the 13th. The Braves get game one, one nothing in what was the longest scoreless game in Major League Baseball playoff history um i i tell you you know this is one of these series right where i was on cincy you were on atlanta we split on some of these and i find it hard this is this is a gut punch for the cincinnati reds right kev i mean mm-hmm. their ace goes out there is phenomenal strikes out 12 and seven and two-thirds innings and they still ultimately though are down one nothing in the series yeah, you know, the, I feel like after game number one, both Braves backers and Reds backers can kind of show up today and be like, no, I, I think I made the right call. Because I think the Red side of it is, 
Trevor Bauer pitched seven and two-thirds of scoreless baseball, struck out 12, walked none, and gave up zero earned runs. But the Braves backer would tell you, I thought Max Freed could match him. And Max Freed did match him. And once this then got into bullpens versus lineups, that became advantage Braves. But to be fair, the Reds had countless opportunities to make this count. They sure did. I mean, every half inning, they seemingly put a guy on third, you know, scoring position at the minimum, and they just couldn't crack through. And ultimately, Braves get a couple of guys on, and their MVP and possibly the National League's MVP, Freddie Freeman, puts one, uh, you know, into play and closes the game out there. one nothing through 13, and... I think you mentioned it, though. It does feel demoralizing almost for the Reds team. Maybe reminiscent of the Anthony Davis game winner to the Denver Nuggets. You hear Trevor Bauer, and he's like, it's tough, man. It's tough. Like, you know, everyone pitched good, right? He said even even Bradley, who got credited with the loss, he's like, you know, a couple balls squeaked through. He goes, it's really... Not on the he said he goes, it's not on the pitching. He goes, and look, I'll show up to the ballpark tomorrow, answer any questions, but I can't impact the result of the game. But you know, I'll be right. cheering. You can kind of tell there there's this yeah. air of defeat that is understandable because he really couldn't have been any better. It's true. I mean, the only thing he could have done was gone longer, but he wasn't going to go 13 innings, right? So something had to be done. And here's the thing. I think you're absolutely right. And here's what I'm going to say also. I'm going to draw a comparison with these Cincinnati Reds to what you just talked about with the Minnesota Twins, Kev. This is a team also who hit 212 in the regular season, was reliant on the power, and it just didn't come in the playoffs against a stud like Max Fried, right? And so it's kind Kind of like how in football, Kev, when we talk about do they have another element of the offense, right? Like, can you manufacture a run? Can you put the bat on the ball? Can you get contact? Can you hit against the shift? Can you move a runner over? Can you, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, sacrifice bunt in 2020. They have to find ways to manufacture runs if possible, or else they may become another team that's like built for the regular season. But as I turn our attention to today for this Series game two. I mean, there's a couple of people that are in this position, Kev, now in the National League. Luis Castillo's in the same position as you, Darvish, in the same position as Brandon Woodruff, in the same position as Zach Davies. They now go to the hill in a best of three series with their season on the line. Ian Anderson on the Atlanta side is minus 138. The rookie has been good, but we've got Luis Castillo uh, going for the Reds. We know about Castillo. We know he's been great lately. The Reds are still plus. 120 do you think Castillo and the Reds bounce back this reminds me of what we saw with yesterday's Yankees line movement because I'm just I'm a little surprised to see Cole Bieber right now for a lot of people advantage Bieber fine it's a straight pick him that's fine we show up the next day Tanaka Carrasco I feel like on its face most people would lean Carrasco yet Tanaka was a bigger favorite than Garrett Cole was. Okay, then. So we go Bauer, Freed. And most people lean Bauer, but it's still real tight. We show up here today, Castillo, Anderson. Now, I think more convincingly, Reds backers would tell you that they trust Castillo over Anderson. 
Braves are bigger favorites, though, right now. Now, maybe the line will end up moving as we get closer. I wonder if, to a degree, they viewed that as the Reds' chance. Because the thing is, Dan, right, right if, if hitting can kind of maybe be, I don't want streaky is probably the best way to put it. Well, the Reds had a good hitting day. They had 11 hits yesterday as a team to where just they no now in scoring position. Just, no, right. Yeah, one of 12 with runners in scoring position, <laughs> I think the, their hits were. Like, so this is a spot where if they now struggle to actually just even make contact, it could be an ugly day for the Reds at the plate. And you might say, that can't be worse than being shot out through 13. I don't know. It might not be worse than being shut out through 13, and the Braves still send out a lineup that is just better. Ozuna, Acuna, Freeman, Albies, Marquecas. So I, in some ways I'm surprised to see the Braves bigger favorites in Game 2 than Game 1. And in other ways, it might not surprise me if the Braves go out there and cover a one-and-a-half run line at plus 150. Yeah, no, I hear you. Listen, I was one of those Reds backers, right, Kev? And you heard my path, my philosophy on this was the starting pitching end, right? So I do believe it's even more of a gut punch if the starting pitching you were relying on shines through and performs at or even above expectations and you still ultimately lose. It's For me, it's like the Rockets hitting 45% from three and them still losing the game. You know what I mean, Kev? But, you know, um, Castillo's not going to be the only guy in this position in the National League today. You Darvish will be in this same position in the National League today because he will get the ball with his team down one nothing in the series and that is because the era of good feelings in Miami continues. The Marlins get a 5-1 win in the wind in Wrigley yesterday. Corey Dickerson with a three-run shot. I believe it was in the seventh inning providing the working margin. The Marlins yes, the Miami Marlins who many people thought were one of the worst teams in baseball, are now nine innings away from advancing in the playoffs, Kev. It's incredible, man. It, it really is. Um, and, you know, clearly now, my uh, me hedging my bet and being able to say that I was uncomfortable about right. definitively telling you the Cubs would run away has come back and pay dividends as I get to hit you with an I told you I was uncomfortable. Come on. I mean, look, at the end of the day, this team was also down in this baseball game. They, you know, and yeah. they still, they just, they don't go away. I mean, this is a game here where the home run ball was the only way the runs were scored. The only way the runs were scored was a home run ball, right? So a solo shot for the Cubs, a three-run shot by Dickerson, a two-run shot by Aguilar, and it's a 5-1 baseball game. This is a spot, though, you know, yesterday, Dane, I, I went back to the Twins on the series price at plus 190. And mm. even the biggest Astros backer, I think, would struggle to argue with the value of getting the Twins to win those next two games at plus 190 when they were minus 160 to win game two and would have been favored to win game three. So I look at the Cubs here, you Darvish on the mound, Sixto Sanchez, a personal favorite of mine. But still, you sure. expect that to be Edge Darvish. You expect this lineup to be Edge Cubs. I don't know if we know whether Starling Marte will be available or not for Miami. Pinky. And the Cubs come out as minus 180 to win the game. They're plus 164 to win the series. 
if I think that this team can win the game, I get it at plus 164. And here's why I think that might be the way to go. Yesterday, right, Dane? Twins backers who laid a buck 60 with that team, very annoyed. Hits their pockets a lot harder than me, who took plus 190 on that team. So this might be a spot where I'm going to go potentially back to the team that I thought would win the series, lost game one, and I am now getting, I believe, Dane, undeniable value on a team at plus 164 to win the next two when they're minus 180 to win today. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, that is the way, and you've been doing that a couple of times in this baseball playoffs, right? With uh, looking at multiple games and then what you could do and how it, it might switch. And I think that's the nature, Kev, of a three-game series, right? Like there's yeah. gonna be this kind of vacillation, and that was a great point you made early on, right? Like when someone, we're gonna have one nothing, and to see how these things move. Absolutely, you Darvish in that spot, as you mentioned in the game, though, Kev, right? now the Cubs are minus 180 we don't have a run line and we don't have a total yet but big shout out there one of my uh one of my fans in the stats overbeat cypher hooked me up Kev with a Twitter account called Wrigley at Wrigley wins are you familiar with this at Wrigley wins on Twitter where they just will literally tell you what I believe is the most important information of the day if the wind is going out or not 210 Eastern time it's the second game of the day although I don't think it went over yesterday I think it wound up at eight as the total but Kev we have seen more unders in these playoffs than normal. We've seen a lot of pitching, low-scoring games. I mean, it was one nothing after 13. We talk about the other two series out West, you know, metaphorically speaking, that got going when we come back right here on the early line. Dane and Kevin, come on back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin giving you the edge as always, Kev. We talked about a couple of these National League series. I want to talk about the other ones. And, Kev, you know, I mean, all season long, if you've been watching the early line, you know that I, and to a lesser extent, Kevin also, um, is down on these San, uh, is with the San Diego Padres. We love the uniforms. We love the young talent. We love the moves that they made. But they did not get it done in their playoff debut for many of these kids on the roster. The St. Louis Cardinals win this game 7-4. And, and, and you know, Kev, I literally look at two of the name brands on the San Diego Padres. One, we've been talking about Chris Paddock for a year and a half. He defecates the mattress, gets blown up early in this one, right? Like we've been talking about Paddock for years, but it's really Davies and Lamette who were great for them. Paddock did not deliver in the game one start. And, you know, I've been talking about Fernando, show me your Tatis for a while. You said, we were talking during the break, you said he had a decent game. I looked at his at-bats in the sixth inning with men on base 
in a game where you're down by two? I look at his at-bat in the eighth inning with men on base in a game where you're down by two. And if you are, you know, one of the top three MVP candidates, you got to deliver in that spot. If you want us to talk about you in the same way we're talking about guys like Juan Soto after last year's performance. And on that level, he didn't get it done. Meanwhile, your guy Kim on the mound for St. Louis was able to get it done. What do you think of the biggest things from this game? Yeah, I think it was a spot, though, where there's a reason why yesterday I was saying I like the Cardinals. Because they they, yeah. had, they they had the pitching advantage going into the game. So if you were just going to bet for value, that was what you had presented to you with the Cardinals side of the coin. Yeah, you want to see Tatis get hits in those spots, no doubt about it. But the story is Paddock. He was awful. Uh, and I mean, like, that's, I don't know if that sounds harsh, but he, he didn't even pitch three, eight hits, six earned, one strikeout, two. Like, Bieber yeah. got shelled by the Yankees. He still somehow struck out seven guys. Like, Paddock just had absolutely nothing going for him at the plate. I come to this game here today, Dane, and they're minus 170, right? So what we just kind of talked about with the Cubs, do we want to come back around, give this team a shot? Is that in play again? 164. I don't know if it is because – you know, one of the, the stories that we got clarity on as we left, uh, you know, as we went off air the other day, Clevenger and Denilson Lament don't right. make the wild card roster. To where I really have no idea who the Padres would throw in a game three. Gotcha. So for where, the Cubs aspect, you're okay with a regular starter going in their rotation game three. We don't know who that answer even would be for the Dads. And, and basically, this is why, right? It might be Alec Mills. It might be John Lester. Here's what I know. No, sure. I know the Cubs are going to be favored in that game. Maybe this sounds ridiculous, but, like, if the Padres win today, Clarity's going to be on the mound for the Cardinals against – I literally have – I have no idea what the Padres are meant to be doing. I mean, they're missing – they're going to have gone through four of their top five options will now not be available for them in game three, having thrown Paddock and Davies and not having Lamette and Clevenger. So right. that's the struggle there for me, where I might just try and back a Padres team total maybe in this game. Maybe I will lay the run and a half at, at plus 120. I don't really want to lay minus 170, but I don't know if this is a spot where I'm going to take the the value that exists in the series price because i don't know if i really love their chances to win game three and, and that's why i did pick the cardinals pre-series yeah absolutely so maybe the extended kind of uh sports investing 201 approach doesn't apply to this but you know talk to me because i do believe zach davies has the pitching matchup edge for the dads today against adam wainwright you mentioned they are a big money line number i believe it's minus 170 plus 120 with the run line eight and a half is the total we said it during the season though zach davies was actually the best starter for the padres throughout the season do you think davies Davies in this spot in the same way I asked you about Castillo in that spot. Do you trust Davies with the ball? Let's not talk about the series, game three, uncertainty today, game two. Do you lean San Diego? I do lean San Diego. Zach Davies had an ERA under three, finished 10th in the NL. Wainwright, to be fair, was a top 20, uh, just a touch above three. I think the, the bet on the board, Dane, that I feel most comfortable making 
would be the Padres. I wanted to look it up. Their home, uh, their total runs is four okay. and a half as a team. And I think mm-hmm. you would say, right, especially the way you describe some of those Tatis at bats, they didn't have a great offensive game and still pushed four across the right. plate. So I now need five from them today. And some might say, well, why not just bet the, the full game total? Well, we're talking up Davies here. He still could maybe put a little bit of a cap on the Cardinals thing. Maybe he does get blown up and flies over. I think the aspect of today's game I trust the most is the Padres' offense to put up runs. All right, then remember, uh, let me just uh, note also, Kev, remember yesterday I took Tampa Bay with the run line, right? And they certainly won by enough Um, yesterday. I may think the run line with San Diego could be the way I would go. Mm -hmm. I do think the Fathers bounce back today. The last game that happened late night in the National League was the Dodgers at home against the Milwaukee Brewers. And Kev, nerves got to Suter. I don't know if you saw this, but he was walking runs in Mm -hmm. in the first inning like on four pitches and you know and that was all the Dodgers needed right they get the win 4-2 Mookie Betts has two hits Corey Seager goes yard as well and I say these guys that are in the spot you know Luis Castillo will he be able to you know save the season for the Reds Zach Davies will he be able to save the season for the Padres right and we have this question you Darvish is in that situation for the Cubs well The Brewers turn to their de facto ace, Brandon Woodruff, in the same vein. He's going up against Kershaw, though. I know, Kev, you have been playing this game, right? You're looking at, oh, this game, why not me just get the series? You, early on, said Dodgers sweep was the way to play this at plus money. So Mm -hmm. now this is a great case study, right? Now you are sitting here. Right. And instead of the Dodgers being and I don't even know what they're going to be because it's not up just yet. But I imagine they're going to be minus, you know, between two and three bills. You, however, in essence, have the Dodgers today plus 110 because your previous bet. Yeah, that's exactly, you know, that was the plan. Right. I thought they were going to win game number one. They won game number one. And the other option, right, to get to try to get value on the Dodgers was to lay a run and a half, right? But two things. First of all, I have plus 110. That was still a minus number, about minus 115 or so. The other side of the coin is, for a lot of that game, they were not winning by multiple runs. There was a seventh inning Corey Seager homer that extended it to a two-run lead. So that was why I I was glad about the way I approached it. It's a spot, Dane, where I think today, so yesterday they were minus 250. I think they might even be higher favorites today with Kershaw on the mound. Phil Woodruff accurately described is the Brewers' ace here. I'm trying to figure out for myself, and I think my plan is to just let it roll. I've got the Dodgers at, you know, plus 110 to win today's baseball game. But if the Dodgers are showing a minus 300 number, you know, maybe I take a, a little bit off of the number if it basically comes Snack free back. of charge. But we shall see. I expect the Dodgers to win today's game. We saw we saw the Rays advance, you know, with ease as the number one seed. And you as right. well, right, were saying you thought the Dodgers would have a big offensive game. I don't bring that up to say you were wrong. I thought the exact same thing. They didn't really have that, right? 
to where now one can still be coming (laughs) exactly right you know woodruff is good but woodruff is not madison bumgardner you know in his prime with the giants if this team today starts putting the screws to him kershaw is going to have you know, uh, a lot of confidence then when he takes to the mound. So, yeah, I like the Dodgers to win this that's, game for sure. Yeah, that's kind of the way I thought. I remember when I told you about the raise on the money line yesterday. I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I worry about the snowball effect. You know what I yeah. mean? And I do think we saw some of that. And this Dodgers lineup is capable of that. And what I believe, honestly, Kev, is if it's 2 nothing in the third inning with Kershaw on the mound dealing like the heart and soul may be gone from Milwaukee. And I can see that snowball. I may do the run line again in this kind of potential clinching game, the same way as Tampa yesterday. Yeah. What else you got, Kev? Uh, and here's the thing. So let's just say somebody out there uh, liked what we were, were, were letting them know about the Dodgers in two. You've got plus one ten, yeah. but you would feel better to just get off of it. Because you're 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 a hedge type of player. That's what in game live is for. Okay. Sure. Yesterday the Dodgers put the Dodgers didn't even put runs across the plate. They just had the bases loaded, right. and they were like minus eight hundred. So right. literally, the as you said, the Dodgers go up two nothing. And this is not an exaggeration because I was on yesterday for in game live during the game. They will go to about a minus a thousand favorite to where. You will be able to absolutely right. get off of it, lock in your profit, and then you don't even have to worry about any late-inning woes that could possibly sneak up on the Dodgers. Yeah, fair enough, Kev. And so those are the games that are going on. I want to draw your attention to a market that we discussed heading into the playoffs as we wrap up this segment, and it's the mm-hmm. AL pennant. Kev, um, Mm. now because there's not eight options anymore. You know what I mean? There's five now. We'll be down to four after today's action. I remember going into this. I just want to draw your attention to it. I said the Houston Astros were value, right, in that that vein. Now, look, the Astros are all the way down because they have arrived at the next series, right? And in that next series, they're going to be playing a team That has a full three games, whether it is Oakland or Chicago and the Astros all the way down to plus 280. The Yankees and the Rays are installed as co-favorites now in the AL at plus 220. They will see each other. Clearly, the biggest move has been on the Astros. But as you take another fresh look at this market, what stands out to you, if anything? So I do think that. The winner of the Yankees Rays series will represent the American League. Okay, is there a way to you take truly get value on that? I'm not positive. Okay, you could take them both. You could get you know enough money to two win. unit outlay for three twenty back, two hundred in, yeah. three twenty back. So you you can make that approach if you if you would like. The Astros number undeniable. They were thirteen to one, and the, we differed on who we liked in the series, but we agreed series, yeah. the value on the pennant board was basically the winner of that series, right? Right. And that is shown to be true. They're down to plus 280. But now, Dane, if we want to go for value... Yeah, I you pick the winner of today's game. You pick the winner of today's game three. Come on That's now, right. right? That's I mean, right. The White Sox are plus 850. The A's are plus 700. The A's definitely are favored to win the series over the Astros, I think, next round if they get through. And the White Sox might be as well. The Astros were below 500. It's a real thing. They played a team that doesn't know how to win post. So what do you think this market looks like tomorrow, Kev? Honestly, do you think the Astros are the fourth choice tomorrow? Kind of. Do you, do you disagree? <laughs> I, I, 
I don't necessarily, but I also yeah. don't envision a world where the four options all are between two and three hundred. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't, I don't see that either. So the idea right. that the Astros would automatically go from two eighty, let's say it is Oakland, just right, fall backwards. back down to like four fifty or something, that seems odd to me as well. So yeah. I think you're right. Pick the winner of today's game. You've got the value in the AL if you listen to the spitting statistician beforehand. You got the Astros now all of a sudden at ten dollars less. So that <laughs> represents value to me. When we come back, we uh, close out our thoughts on Major League Baseball because boy we got basketball and football and the octagon to discuss in hour number two we'll do all that but stick with us a jam-packed early line come on back after this sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the grid, onto the early line where we put the fun and functional sports content, Dane and Kev. And Kev, I want to ask you something a little bit more zoomed out, okay? Mm-hmm. When we started the bubble, right, and there were NBA games starting at, like, noon, you you had a glow. When we have March Madness, right, and uh, the first Thursday or Friday, and there's games left and right, what you think about yesterday in Major League Baseball? There were eight High stakes games from noon all the way to the Dodgers, Brewers. And I thought it was good, Kev. And I ask you in this way, are there any pieces of the 2020 crazy random COVID corral playoff structure that you think the baseball powers that be should think about for the future, right? Like in the NBA, they're talking about bubbles in the future and blah, 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 like I think this is cool, and you've got a day where there's eight baseball games almost like claiming the attention of the sports world for a hot second. What do you think about this structure, this format? Does any of it have legs to you? It should. I mean, come let's like this is the thing that we now who knows, maybe it feels different when in you know 20 years when we're all uh maybe back at work then. I don't who knows when that'll actually be. <laughs> uh but in, in all sincerity, like what you just said there, like you kind of, when it comes to that first two days of March Madness, everyone's yeah! like, this, this is great. Like we started right. at 12, catch it at midnight. <laughs> and like, that's what you had there with Major League Baseball. And the thing is, if you now do this a few years in a row, people will be like, man, I can't wait for, for wild card for that day. day. I can't wait right. for wild card day. And that's, that's a real thing, man. So like, and baseball struggles to create things like that. Like that's a very exactly. like that's a very real thing. So no, I, I think you're spot on. There's no reason for them to just be like, oh yeah, everyone's so upset that so many teams were in the playoffs. You know who's upset about it? Teams that were obviously going to be in. That's who's upset about there being so right. many teams. You know who's not upset? All of the you know Blue Jays, the Blue Baseball Jays fans. That ended up being able to get in. <laughs> the Brewers that ended up being able to get in next year if yep. the Mets and Angels are able to take advantage of it all. So. I like it, and I'm I'm up for it. Yeah, and and even thing in years going forward, they also won't be competing with the NBA Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals, right? And the middle of a week when it's just like week four of the NFL season, this could be something baseball should look at to get fans and excitement back. Because Ernie Banks says, "Let's play two. Yesterday, Major League Baseball, they played eight, and I think it was a good thing. Hour two of the early line. Up next. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. sportsgrid.com.